Welcome to Lead to Succeed. This is the podcast to hear from the leaders of today in various fields, from entrepreneurs to corporate directors. We hear their stories, lessons learned and challenges faced, as well as insights and advice to become a successful and an inspiring leader. The podcast is presented by us, Callum and Rebecca Jenkins, as we both believe that we all have the potential to be outstanding leaders if that's what we choose. Hi Lauren, we're delighted to have you on our podcast today. So for everybody who's watching and listening, we've got Lauren Tickner, who's the CEO of Impact School, and I think you are going to love her story because uh, Lauren was in The Millionaire at 23, so she has an amazing story to share with us, being a corporate and uni dropout, and have a, she has big ambitious plans, she wants to become a billionaire, and she was fired as a waitress, and she is a Forbes top 10 entrepreneur. So a very big welcome to you, Laura, and we are very excited to have you on our Lead to Succeed podcast and can't wait to get stuck in and start finding out more about you. But perhaps you would just like to kick off with a little bit about yourself. Yeah, totally. So thank you so much for having me. And um, I always love coming onto different shows to share sort of a little bit more about the reality of actually gaining success, right? Because I think so many people think that it is so unachievable to them. And so many people think they have to take the traditional route whereby they go to school, then to university, then plan their way up in corporate. And I tried all of that, right? Um, And so only through working and a job in asset management and realizing quite how unhappy I was, did I realize, oh my goodness me, if I stay in this job, I'm ultimately going to work my way towards becoming like the people who are all around me. And all of the people around me were miserable. They didn't have time to spend with their family because they were constantly working and they just weren't fulfilled in their life. And I knew that I wanted more than that. And so my brother's actually disabled. He has epilepsy and autism and he's two years younger than me. So although he's right now at the time of recording this 21, I mean, he actually, his mental age is about two or three years old. And so having seen him not able to create anything for himself, it ultimately made me realize, you know, it sounds cliche, but life is far too short to remain living in a scenario where you aren't creating freedom for yourself because there are some people in this world who physically and mentally cannot. And so if you have the mental and physical capacity to do so, then it surely makes ethical sense for you to go out there and to create the things in life that you want to create while also impacting the lives of others and so that's kind of how for me it became so apparent that it doesn't make sense to just stay in a job for the sake of staying in a job Um, and I think so many people's uh, there was someone who once said people's two biggest addictions are their paycheck and cigarettes or something but it's so true right and so yeah I mean for me it was a case of like trying a couple different things, realizing it wasn't for me, and then realizing ultimately what I wanted to be doing. But I'm grateful that I figured that out in like just a very short period of time. I think um, a lot of what you said there, Lauren, like really kind of resonates with me as well. I I felt pretty similar to that. Like I've done the same as you, like gone to uni, did an internship at like quite a large corporate company, enjoyed it, had quite a good time. But I think I also um, 
like both my mum and my dad, they've also worked for themselves and kind of like run their own businesses. And I kind of always had that in the back of my mind that that was something I wanted to do. And I think seeing other people that, I remember when I was working, there was a couple of people who were like just a little bit older than me at the time. And they were saying things like, oh, you know, I can't wait till this Friday or it's Monday, like, you know, and sort of feeling a bit like a bit annoyed that it's Monday and that kind of stuff. And I was just like, well, you know, these are kind of like your prime years of your life. You know, you don't really want to be doing something that you don't really enjoy or like really gets you going. Um, so I guess the question, like following up from, from what you've said, um, when you decided to, to leave that role at the asset management firm and kind of go down the route of being like a fitness coach and like kind of getting into running your own business like Impact School, is that like a vision you had, like you knew you wanted to do that specifically? Or was that kind of just like sort of figuring your path as you went along and kind of like seeing what works and like getting traction with it and then kind of going with it? So it's really funny because while I was working at the asset management job, I sat next to this woman and um, she always, I always told her, like, every, everyone knew that I loved fitness. I mean, it was apparent I was going to the gym every day. I was so much more into it than I am now. I still love it. And it's part, it's just part of my identity now. Whereas before I was like actively obsessed with it, you know? Um, and so I told her, yeah, I've seen these people on social media and I have seen that they do online fitness coaching. And she said to me, you should never mix your passion with your career because you'll start to resent your passion and you won't continue to enjoy it and i really was like wow that that makes a lot of logical sense and logically it does make sense but you don't have to be in doing something that you hate in order to build a career you know and so i always then thought to myself okay i need to have my own business but i didn't really know what it was we would always do every single year or every two years at my school, we would always do this massive thing that everyone in the whole school did. And you'd be put into groups to essentially create a business, invent a product and like try and sell it and pitch it or whatever. And um, I always hated it. I hated it because I, I wasn't an inventor and I just didn't understand how people could be good at this stuff. And for me, I, I always, I don't know, I think I just ended up bunking off or something. I really don't recall. But um, yeah, I just remember it being a really uncomfortable time. And so I was actually set to be studying economics and politics at university. However, I had deferred my entry to go work at that asset management firm. And I thought, you know, if all goes well, then I'll just stay there and never go to uni. And I realized if I go and do economics and politics, then ultimately I'm going to end up in a similar job, right? It's just pretty much set to happen. I didn't want to be a career politician because, you know, they never do as well as people who have had the real world experience, as they say, because I, I, I do really enjoy politics as well. But anyway, so going back to that. Um, <laughs> so I then decided, okay, I'm going to change my degree to business. And then basically I was set to go study business administration at, at Bath, right? Um, but here's the thing. I never really thought that fitness would be the industry that I'd be pursuing. But then I saw these people, like I was saying, who were doing online coaching, who were like traveling the world and everything. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. So I, I started just doing it and I started putting out messages and I look at my content now about how I was trying to go about getting leads and clients and it's shocking, but you know, I was super young and I ended up really making good revenue. And I just saw it as my, you know, my personal income. Um, and it was crazy how quickly that grew. So was that always my vision to do what I do now? No, absolutely not. I mean, I always wanted to create like a physical products business in the fitness industry. That's what I decided. I spent thousands and thousands on getting leggings manufactured and trying to do like 
drop shipping businesses and bouncing around. But my lack of focus ultimately was my demise when it came back to sort of my previous businesses and such. And um, ultimately what ended up working for me so well was the fitness coaching. And then I was at the time I was building an audience and companies started to contact me. Um, and there was one company in particular who myself and like loads of people were sponsored by. And then what ended up happening was they changed their marketing strategy. It was Gymshark, I don't know if you know it. They changed their marketing strategy to go more mainstream. And uh, they dropped me and loads of my friends. And my friends saw that I was still able to like travel the world and that I was still clearly doing well for myself. And these people had huge followings, you know? So they said to me, because my following was actually quite a lot smaller than some of theirs. Um, and they said to me like, Lauren, how on earth are you still doing this when they're not paying for everything? And I kind of told them what I was doing, gave them some tips, ended up like just getting on calls with them, helping them out. And they started sharing it on their social media as to like, oh, Lauren's helped me with this thing, swipe up or even click the link in my bio and you can check it out. And so then their followers started coming to me and then sort of, it's a long story, I won't get into the nitty gritty, but just through like what people wanted and what I created and zigzagging and pivoting, that's sort of how Impact School was born. <laughs> oh, nice. Seems like you uh, sort of found your way eventually with it. Um, in terms of like, obviously now it's, you know, clearly doing very well, like reaching seven figures and that sort of thing. Um, and you're doing that at quite a young age. What we're all about on the podcast is like trying to sort of give like practical advice to the people that are listening to that. You know, we have like the listeners in a variety of field. They could be like entrepreneurs like, like us. They could be working in a more of a corporate environment. But would you have any kind of like sort of um, advice or feedback on the sort of things you've learned, you know, running, you know, a pretty successful business, like as an entrepreneur or as a leader, like, would you have any sort of like practical, like takeaway advice you've got from uh, being in that kind of position? I think the thing is when it comes down to sort of like tactical, tactical nitty gritty things, like they're always going to change depending on your overall strategy. And so it really is more important to get hung up on strategies rather than actual tactics right so knowing ultimately what your vision is for your company and for your lifestyle for your family you know if you're wanting to build generational wealth or just an income for yourself knowing these things is really important because then it allows you to dictate how you're investing how you're spending how you're hiring because um, for some people they're perfectly happy with the lifestyle business you know they want to make enough money to pay their lifestyle and know that they have the runway to live for like, I don't know, three years without making a dollar or a penny um, and they're going to be fine. Whereas some people, they do want to build like that generational wealth. They want to, you know, hit like billionaire status. Um, and so it depends what you actually want to achieve. And then from there, I think that's going to dictate how you go about everything. But simultaneously, <laughs> they're two very different mindsets that you need to have. Right. If you're wanting to create an income for yourself, you don't need to be as ballsy. You don't need to be taking as on as many risks. Right. Whereas if you are wanting to build something that is huge and going to really, really make a huge impact, then you have to take on more risk. And that requires a totally different level of guts, determination, sacrifice, willingness to exceed, succeed. And um, so I think that, quite frankly, when it comes to building a business I mean mindset is everything and in order to achieve the mindset whereby you're able to 
accomplish great things. It, uh, I just think it really comes down to realizing that a lot of your time is going to need to be spent on personal development. And it sounds so like wishy-washy, especially for like a more UK based audience. They're always like personal development. I thought that was those books that just scam you, you know, but quite frankly, you need to have your own routines. You need to have your own boundaries and be working on yourself every day. I mean, I'm grateful that I started in fitness because it gave me that regimented mindset to, you know, get my training in, to be eating well, um, to just, you know, even things like being willing to try meditation and self-hypnosis. Like these are things I do every single day and I would not be able to do what I do and operate with, you know, so many employees if I didn't do all of this, right? So it's a big question, but I think getting a grip on your personal routine is everything. And so how does that look for, it's different for different people, right? But for me, for example, I like to wake up and I like to go to the gym the very first thing so that I know that it's done. But I do that right after I've done a self-hypnosis track, right? It's like 15, 20 minutes. So then I, I go to the gym, get back, and then I basically my team sends me these daily update things. But for me, that's my first and most important like unit of work for the day, right? So I get that done out the way. I know that I'm not bottlenecking anyone on my team. But if you don't have a team, then obviously that's just like, what is the thing that's gonna move your business forward the most that you can get done today? Um, and then from there, it's just doing things like making sure that you're eating well, that you're staying hydrated. These are super underlooked. Um, and I know that's probably maybe not the type of answer you were looking for, because um, I could talk about, you know, <laughs> funnel math and I could talk about like webinar strategy all day long. But if you don't have a grip on your own mind, then there's no way you can get a grip on your own business. Right. I think that's uh, been so good to share because I agree with you completely. The mindset is everything and it drives everything that you you do and where you go and what you achieve in life. So that's such a big, important factor. Thanks for bringing that up. But what have been some really big challenges for you, Lauren, that you've had to overcome? And how have you built that resilience to overcome them? Oh my gosh. I mean, I <laughs> every week it's a new one, right? And that's the part of it. And that's honestly one of the things I love because I love having to overcome these challenges because I feel like every day um, it's making me a stronger person, right? And so, <laughs> oh my gosh, the biggest one of my life, <laughs> it was quite recent actually. Um, my entire podcast got hacked, lost over 120 episodes. Um, at the same time, uh, the person who hacked it also hacked into my account where I have all my domain names. They unlocked the Impact School domain name, as well as a bunch of other domain names, which we um, run funnels on. And so every single one of our funnels, our entire website, all of our emails was all absolutely in the pits. Um, let's just put it that way for quite a few days. Our clients couldn't get access to their um, e-portals. So we had to give, like they didn't have access for about 20, uh, 48 hours or so, maybe a bit like 44 hours. So we all gave them an extension for two entire weeks um, just to make up for it, which is costing us, you know, hundreds of thousands. Um, as well as that, obviously we lost all the traffic that was running to our funnels. Um, all of the data was absolutely ruined. Um, and of course I lost 120 podcast episodes, right? Which were consistently bringing in new leads for us in an evergreen manner every single day, uh, cause we had millions of downloads, right? 
So um, that was huge. <laughs> and we found out he did it. And so all of that's like, you know, there's legal investigations into everything right now. Um, and so that was crazy. And then a month later to the day, we actually had our, um, there was a huge problem with our client's portal where we lost 165 videos. So that's why now I'm actually building my own software um, whereby you're going to be able to build out courses to train your clients and also to train your team. So like online courses. Um, so it's going to do both sides of things. Uh, we haven't officially launched that or anything. Um, we're going to be getting a waiting list up and launching it properly in the new year. Um, so it's just like the security side of things is like so important. And it's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't really think about when they're first starting out. So um, to answer your question, how did I overcome these challenges? Well, it's really interesting because I do feel that if I didn't have a meditation or like hypnosis practice that I do on a daily basis, it would have totally ruined me because I used to get really bad panic attacks when I was like 16, 17 years old. Um, just because I, I still don't really know exactly why I had them. But it, I was with my friend actually when it all happened and she was like, it's actually crazy, Lauren, how you handled, handled this. Because if this was four years ago, this would have been a different story because it was really weird like I felt the feeling that I was about to have a panic attack and my heart was like actually like physically hurting and I genuinely have never had this feeling before in my life but I was able to just move past it right and just fix the problem and so it's having this mindset of knowing it's all going to be okay right I always think to myself is this going to matter five years from now is this really going to matter five years from now and if not if you can fix it and get it dealt with within the next, I don't know, six months, then you're fine, right? For sure, it's going to cost some money, but you can always make more. And then I also like to think that everything that happens, it happens for you, not to you, and it becomes a part of your story, you know? So now this is a story that I can share. This motivated me to actually build this software company that I've been thinking about for a while. And who knows what that software company is going to do? I know at the very least, it's going to be amazing for my existing clients because they're going to have a, a, a software and a way to run their entire service-based business um, without having to use like a bunch of different things. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to it's it, every business really is about mental strength. How much can you persevere? You know, and how much you can persevere is how much you can succeed ultimately, in my opinion. I love the fact that you've talked about something positive coming out of something that was a massive impact on your business. I mean, that was really quite, quite significant to, um, to happen. And you've seen that there could be big, big, even bigger positives coming out of it as a result. Again, great example of having that really positive approach and mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, that would never have been the case. Um, I would have been stressed. I would have been freaking out. Now, I just always like to think, like, how can this make my company structure stronger? You know, like everything is always about how can I use this to improve? And it's that consistent improvement in inside of my own business, but also the way in which we deliver results to clients. That's ultimately what I feel is allowing us to continue to grow so quickly. Right. Um, but then also being aware that we are growing very quickly. So it's like, we need to make sure that we are prepared for the growth. Because if you grow too quickly, that's a whole other problem in itself. Awesome, Lauren, I'm conscious of time. I've just got one more question for you. Um, thank you very much for everything you've shared so far. Um, 
Now you mentioned at the start about like people who have, might have uh, like kind of goals to work for themselves, whether that's like a lifestyle business or they actually want to do something that's like kind of like game changing and like really quite big. Um, and you also mentioned about people that, you know, might be sort of doing a corporate job that they perhaps don't enjoy or they're at uni or whatever it might be. So for any people that are listening, they're in a position like that. They have all these big kind of dreams and goals they want to achieve on, but they're not necessarily at that or necessarily like getting any traction towards that. Would you, could I pin you down for like sort of three tips or pieces of advice that you might give to people that are in that position to kind of like start chasing down those goals? hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately our area of expertise really at this point anyways, is helping service-based businesses. Um, however, if they're in sort of like an e-commerce business, I think the first thing that I'm about to say is, you know, definitely still applies. You need to know exactly who it is that you're serving right and it sounds so simple but people always get this wrong i mean we have clients come to us um and they're always saying things like yeah but i this will help everyone this will help everyone who needs fitness right well this will help everyone when it comes to their mindset but it's it's like okay yeah that's cool um but even if you're selling sort of like i don't know i mean it could, it could literally be anything if you pick a more specific audience to begin with, then you can scale beyond that as you grow. And you might not even need to because you'd be amazed at how much revenue and how much of an impact you can create through having a really small audience. I mean, one of our clients, <laughs> his name's Lee, and he works, he and his wife work together. So Lee and Jen, they literally came to me and they have a, okay, so let me try and explain. Their business is where they help tennis coaches learn how to become speed coaches okay so that's his entire business model so it's like this very niche specific thing he came to us within three weeks he added an extra forty-five thousand us dollars to his revenue right that was just three weeks in um because he was selling a five thousand dollar program i can't do the math right now what's that like seven or eight clients something like that and so <laughs> it was crazy and so that was like such a small niche audience that he was serving and catering to. And so then when it comes down to like, okay, if you're selling like a physical product, just get super duper clear and market everything to them. Cause then that makes everything so much easier. You can speak their language and it's very, very simple stuff. You know, um, the second thing is making sure that you're consistently focusing on the development of your business based upon your client and customer needs rather than what other people are doing. It's really easy to go and like want to funnel hack people and look at everything they're doing. And for sure, like you, you need to make sure that if you're selling something, like I was just listening to an audio book as to how Ford um, motors, you know, the cars, they prevented themselves from going out of business because they started driving Toyotas to see why Toyota was such an industry leader. <laughs> and so that makes sense, right? However, they were noticing, okay, Toyota's doing super duper well, their clients really like that. Ford was getting nothing but negativity from their clients. So that's when they had to look at outside. But if you just go speak directly to your customers and see what they like, and it ended up that the Ford customers just said they prefer Toyota, that's why they started looking into it. If you go and ask your customers what they actually like, then you know you can get all the answers that you need. And so that's a way better use of your time and energy than looking, um, outside and then the third thing um if you're not getting traction in your business and maybe you're thinking about starting something or whatever you just need to like get real with, your, with yourself like so many people put it off 
thinking everything needs to be perfect. But, you know, I, I believe truly that perfectionism is just procrastination packaged up all fancy. And so if you just get something out into the market, again, you can start getting that feedback from your people and then, um, you know, you can continue to grow and evolve. I mean, I look at some of the stuff that I put out three, four years ago. Oh my goodness me, it is tragic. It is awful. <laughs> but look, hey, I mean, if I'd never have done that, I'd still be stuck in that job and uh, I wouldn't have been able to move here to Dubai, you know? Uh, so here we are. <laughs> Awesome. What a, what a good note to end it on. Um, if you, there's a couple of minutes left. If you, is there anything you want to share with our audience? We like to do this with our guests at the end, like anything big they're working on at the moment, anything they've got coming up. Um, obviously you mentioned your software company you're working on. Is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners? Yeah. So no, that's going to be huge. I mean, we're designing that to make people's lives easier running a service-based business where you can, you know, run courses, you can run coaching, you can do calls, etc. Um, we do have a free course. If people would be interested, it's going to help you get clear on ultimately what you want to be serving in the market and how you can sort of get things going. So that's just on impactschoolmba.com. Um, and then, yeah, if you go there, sign up, it's totally free, no payment info. Like we're not gonna get your card info and then start billing you like all those shady people do. Um, it's just our way of really being able to help the people who right now we don't necessarily serve, um, which is totally free for people who, yeah, are at that beginning stage. So yeah, we'd love to share that. Awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Well, thank you very much for everything you shared on the podcast. I think that's been like really inspirational, good insight into like a really good insight into like how you've got to where you are, what you're working on at the moment and kind of sort of all the advice you've shared. So, um, yeah, you know, really, really good podcast and uh, really useful. Thank you very much. Really awesome. Time, Lauren. Thank you so much indeed. Been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me.